Hey there, I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Two of my go-tos to make sure I'm getting the perfect recipe for everything from meatballs to muffins. They're pros who obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything you need to create your perfect recipe. You can finally be excited to eat what you make, and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, home of the Name Your Price tool. You say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote. Visit Progressive.com to get started. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to This Day in Esoteric Political History from Radiotopia. My name is Jody Avergan. This day, August 30th, 1979, an AP story was published in various papers around the country, including the front page of the Washington Post with the headline, Bunny Goes Bugs, Rabbit Attacks President. It was the tale of President Carter and his encounter while fishing earlier that summer with what was often referred to as a, quote, killer rabbit. Here to discuss the story, how it went from relatively benign backwoods incident to, I don't know, like maybe like a genuine scandal that may have had an effect on Carter's presidency. Here to discuss is, as always, Nicole Hammer of Columbia. Hello, Nicole. Hello, Jody. And back with us, Sam Sanders of NPR's It's Been a Minute. Uh, we did the tan suit. Now we're doing the Carter Rabbit story. You're hitting a uh, very serious scandals jackpot here, Sam, with us. Love it. It's now just... I'm imagining a wild rabbit in a tan suit. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cute? Right? Well, this... It'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, there should be a linen suit because this took place in Georgia, but that would that would look quite quite nice. Um, oh, so, yeah. look, I mean, this is a benign incident, but I do think maybe unlike the tan suit incident that we talked about last episode, this actually may have had a, a real effect or, or fit into some sort of real forces in Carter's presidency. We'll get into it, but you know, the the basic incident as I as I know it, but is earlier that summer, Carter was on vacation. He was fishing on a boat. Um, by, he was by himself in the boat, um, but his press team and his aides were sort of standing uh, uh, on the shore and a rabbit that he claimed was being chased by hounds kind of dove into the the water that uh, he that he was in he was fishing in and started swimming towards him um, and he took his paddle and he splashed the water to get the rabbit to swim away and the rabbit <laughs> swam away and that's it that's the story um, oh my god but uh I mean, that should be a nothing story. But somehow, a few months later, it gets published and becomes this massive thing of this showdown between Carter and a uh, rabid killer, terrifying rabbit. Had you heard of this one before, Sam? I had not. And it's like, when you first mentioned it to me, I was like, this is like right out of friggin' Aesop's fables. The hound <laughs> chasing the rabbit. What the what? <laughs> um, and then when I Googled it and read up on it, it was just like... Yet another, oh, poor Jimmy Carter story. It just feels like he could never catch a break the entirety of his presidency. And I don't know if it's because he was too earnest or too nice or too much of a farmer or too Christian or what, but like everyone thought he was just kind of always not a chump, but like a pushover. I don't know what the words are for it, but basically this narrative was that like he couldn't even handle a rabbit. Yeah. Poor guy. 
Poor guy. <laughs> well, yeah, and kind of a rube too, right? Like he's this yeah. southern guy with a thick drawl, and he presents himself right as this peanut farmer and this preacher. And so, you know, this um, idea of him being out there in the woods fighting with a rabbit, and most Americans didn't actually believe that rabbits could swim. So they, also, I didn't know that either, <laughs> right? Well, if you're um, being chased kind of, by kind of hounds, when I think you, think you find your it. ability to swim, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, as he pointed out, all wild animals really do learn how to swim because otherwise, how would they? get anywhere um so apparently these giant killer rabbits know how to swim they come straight at you um but also he felt like his his honesty was being attacked when people didn't believe him he got really upset because that was kind of it wasn't only core to sort of his political persona but it was core to like what he thought about himself so when people didn't believe him he really dug in and he talked about this rabbit a lot and he made sure that there were like Zapruder film of this rabbit like coming at him so he could prove to people that this actually happened. Right. And and I mean, you know, I there is an element of like poorly controlling the narrative as you were hinting at here um, that, you know, perhaps they could have gotten out ahead of this, but I think they, they kind of didn't talk about it right when it happened. Um, and then word got out and the story got told. And when it got published in papers a few months later, there were no photos of the incident that had been released at that point. So there were illustrations and these illustrations, you know, I mean, I think there's a little element here of like, it's late in the summer, it's maybe a slow news day, writers, journalists are kind of like going for it a little bit. And so there's these illustrations of this terrifying rabbit swimming towards it's Jimmy Carter um, that I think like maybe evoked the Jaws sort of uh, motif, um, you know, and then the Carter camp sort of scrambles and then they release a photo and the photo shows like it's a very benign incident. The rabbit's like eight feet away from Carter and he's just like splashing <laughs> some water at it. But, you know, I guess they in theory could have just like talked about it more honestly and released the photo right off the bat or who knows. But I do want Sam to kind of like get to this question of how it fits into the way Carter was understood at the time. I mean, I think one thing when you cover politics and you think about quote unquote scandals, big and small, you know, I think one of the core principles is that if a scandal like reinforces some basic ideas about someone that those are the ones that stick. And so, you know, Obama's tan suit thing maybe didn't click into some like specific sort of ideas about him. Whereas this one clearly, as you were hinting at, went right to some ideas about who Carter was. Yeah. Well, and it's also, and this one's a little more clear than I think the Obama tan suit situation. It's this um, this realization that a lot of the symbolism that we ascribe to the presidency is just all about notions of masculinity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, we collectively always thought of Jimmy Carter not as an alpha male, but a beta male. And what better image to reinforce that narrative than seeing him splash water from a boat at a cute little bunny, right? And like, it is interesting to me to see how moments like this really crystallize what a lot of us, particularly in the media class, um, archetypically want from a president. Like we we're, we're looking for this symbolic male virile warrior, right? And Jimmy Carter was just never that. He was a fucking peanut farmer. Like it's just like <laughs> like night and day different. And I think that it's easy to see how he didn't fit that narrative. It's perhaps a bit less easy to see it clearly with Obama in the tan suit because his race complicates all of these things. Like our notions about manhood and masculinity are different for white men versus black men. Complications ensue. But I think really clearly here with Jimmy Carter and the rabbit, what's really up for examination and up for scoring is 
his manhood and how much of a man he is, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and it's something that Ronald Reagan plays off of in 1980 when he challenges him for the presidency and does so quite successfully, right? He presents himself as like this avatar of strength in all kinds of different ways, but um, that he's physically bigger and that he's, um, you know, going to win the Cold War and he's going to return America's status after losing the Vietnam War. All of these different things, making America strong again making America great again in terms of the economy. I mean, those were themes and, in fact, a slogan that Ronald Reagan used in order to really play off those different images of Carter is weak and Reagan is strong. Yeah. And and the timing of this, I mean, you know, with all scandals, it's like reinforcing particular narratives, but then also coming along at the quote unquote right time um, to really have an impact. And if you look at like Carter's approval ratings, I mean, the context of, of kind of when this came along in the, the the fall of 79, Carter's approval ratings start really high. And he, you know, starts with the sort of Camp David Accords and he sort of is seen as someone who can like get things done and get deals negotiated. And then it just starts to crater. And there's the sort of crisis of confidence speech. And there's this idea that he is sort of feckless and that he can't go toe to toe with Iran and sort of other adversaries. And again, you know, maybe start starts to play into those narratives as we're describing. But I mean, Carter's like, Carter's approval rating and his sort of path and the way the narrative turned on him is remarkable. I mean, just between, you know, the beginning of his presidency and 18 months later, his approval rating drops by like 35 points. Um, And this all comes kind of right in the in the middle of that. And his approval rating ends up lower than Richard Nixon's during Watergate, which is shocking. Like, (laughs) Jimmy Carter was supposed to be the antidote that Americans wanted after Watergate, right? He was earnest and he was honest and all these things. But it turns out they want someone who either doesn't fight killer rabbits, um, doesn't get into that situation in the first place, or decisively defeats them. Yeah. Yeah, if he'd smashed it over the head and and killed it. (laughs) Sorry to say (laughs) to put it that, that bluntly, but maybe that's, you know, that's the way that this spins the right way for him. I have a question. This image that we see. Yeah. Was that an image taken by his people? I think it was taken by one of his people or maybe someone in the press pool. Um, but I think... They should have never shared that photo. <laughs> oh, you think they should have never shared it? Okay, so it's interesting. There are two sides to whether the photo should have gotten shared or not. You know, one notion I sort of articulated earlier is that by not sharing the photo, it sort of created this vacuum for this story to take on a life of its own and for writers to kind of spin it up and people to sort of turn it into something because they just wasn't evidence. Um, the flip side, I think, maybe is... What, that they shouldn't have shared it because it just it just looks silly? I think you only show an image of a president if you're on the president's team, if it shows him winning or being a warrior. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, this is just not building a narrative that's good for Jimmy Carter. He looks weak in that photo, and if I were in any way associated with his administration, I'd say, nope, don't put it out. Mm-hmm. And like, you're better off having like a photo op after the fact of Jimmy Carter hunting rabbits. <laughs> yeah. Well, Elmer Fudd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. He looked foolish. Yeah. Um, okay, so as we start to wrap up here, because, you know, this is our Sunday edition, we try and expand a little bit more. I thought we could go through some of the sort of like 
most embarrassing images for presidents and presidential candidates um, in history, sort of maybe maybe in, in modern political history. So uh-huh. on my list, tell me if any others come to mind or if you have any thoughts about this. But we have Carter and the Rabbit. We have Dukakis and the Tank. We have mm-hmm. George Bush throwing up into the Japanese prime minister's lap. Um, maybe that's George W. Bush who did that, right? George H.W. Uh, George H.W. Oh, sorry, no, no, no. George, sorry, H.W. Yeah. Bush who did that. It was also H.W. Bush who did not know how, or ostensibly did not know how a scanner worked at a grocery store. Uh, Nikki or Sam, are there any others on the list or any thoughts about whether this kind of fits was into? It, uh, remember when John Kerry went hunting? Oh, yes. That <laughs> did not read as authentic, to put it nicely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the most iconic ones is Gerald Ford, who was an athlete and, and quite nimble, falling down the stairs of Air Force One. I mean, he already had this reputation as the accidental president, and he just seemed, you know, it was one of those things that was replayed over and over, and it was made fun of on Saturday Night Live, which was a new show at the time. Um, and it just becomes this kind of iconic moment from his short presidency. So, Sam, I mean, what do you what do you think? Do these things actually make a difference? I mean, does the Carter Rabbit thing or the I mean, the Dukakis tank thing, are they more like we remember them because they're notable images or do they actually kind of play in in a real way? I think they really play in because I think that like in this 24 hour news cycle, we as an industry are looking for anything that can give us a narrative to write about and a storyline to advance. And so these small moments become part of the mythology surrounding these political figures that we reinforce through wall to wall coverage. And so all of this stuff matters, which is weird and sad. And again, as I said, I think in the last episode, I think we would all be better served if we had a politics in which you never saw the politician. You just uh, read what they wanted to do. (laughs) Go back to a radio presidency. There you go. It was much nicer then, huh? (laughs) Or a podcast presidency if we want to update things. There you go. Exactly. Um, Though I will say that photo of Carter and the rabbit if you strip it of all the sort of narratives and so forth, it is a quite a it's 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 a great sort of piece of media to look at. I mean, I find it very compelling. The rabbit is, the, yeah. for what it's worth, the rabbit is swimming away from Carter, right? <laughs> Literally so he, away. You know, he felt it. He yeah. It, he he did. The splashing he did scare worked. it off. The splashing worked. He did his job, uh, but nevertheless, he was able to not. He I could have saved to. the rabbit. That was also in a, a third way. Oh, bring it into save the boat. Save the rabbit, dude. Yeah. Yes. I know Jody went Save right the to the rabbit. murder of the rabbit, but yes, he could have brought him on board, <laughs> yeah. nursed him back to health. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Who knows? New White House pet. Um, yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna leave it there. We will tweet out a photo uh, of this, and we'll also tweet out the sort of cartoon image that got sent out with uh, with the articles that really sort of yeah. I think lodged this in people's imagination. Uh, but Nicole Hammer, thanks to you as always. Thank you, Jody. And Sam Sanders, thanks to you. And other than it's been a minute, anything else you wanna you want folks to check out? Oh, uh, just uh, support your local member station. There you go. It's a weird time to be making news and journalism, and everyone needs some help. So uh, donate.npr.org. And if enough of you give, I will make Jody Photoshop an image of a wild rabbit in a tan suit. There you go. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a deal. Incentive right. structure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Sam. This has been really fun. Thanks so much. This Day in Esoteric Political History is a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX. Our researcher and producer is Jacob Feldman, along with producer Brittany Brown. Follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at This Day Pod. Keep an eye out for those photos that we just discussed. Thanks to everyone who's reached out with comments and potential topics email us thisdaypod at gmail.com my name is jody avergan thanks again for listening and we'll see you soon
President Carter got into his boat, wasn't in a hurry, wanted to float. Think about the country, think about sin. Along swam a rabbit and he tried to climb in. And what did Jimmy say? I don't want a bunny bunny in my widow boat. In my widow boat in the pond. For the bunny might be crazy and it bite me in the foot. In my widow boat in the pond. I don't want a bunny bunny in my widow boat. In my widow boat in the pond. For the bunny might be crazy and it bite me in the foot. In my widow boat in the pond. Look at him swimming, look at him fly. Ears laid back and the gleam in his eye. It is, as you may have heard, an election year. But do you feel like you have a lot of choices? Here are the new candidates, same as the old candidates. How did we get here again? The fact is, our democracy is broken. We can all feel it, and there's data to back it up, too. A Princeton University study found that public opinion has near zero impact on what laws are passed. You know what does have an impact, though? Money! You can call it lobbying, you can call it super PAC spending, you can call it corruption. But luckily, there are things we can do right now to fix this broken system. This podcast is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition, a group that's banding together to make our democracy better. We're working with Represent Us, the largest grassroots organization fighting to end corruption city by city and state by state. You can join the movement too. Go to represent.us/podcast to find out more. Radiotopia. Radiotopia.